This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Right now, we bring to you Dallas Mavericks play-by-play voice Chuck Cooperstein. Good afternoon, sir. Afternoon, kids. How are you? Well, we're doing excellent, and I know there's a lot to get to about the game against the Rockets. I do need to know, I felt fairly surprised when all the Cuban news started to come out. (laughs) Were you also surprised? You think? (laughs) (laughs) Just a little. uh, But, uh, you know, this is the man who basically tells his staff that uh, on draft night that if our draft choice leaks out to Woj or Shams or any of those people before we make the pick that uh, that person will no longer be employed. So he knows how to keep a secret. And you know, and you know, through the years that when the Mavericks have made trades, most of the time, maybe except for the Jason Kidd trade back in 2008, uh, those trades come out of nowhere. <laughs> they do. He does a really good job of keeping things close to the vest. And clearly he kept the biggest move of all close to the vest. <laughs> Are you are you intrigued by the potential of what this move could mean? I don't know if intrigued is the word. I'm curious. Okay. I guess I'm just curious because I because I, I really don't know what it means. I mean, other than the fact that I mean, it's unusual in the sense that um, if you're giving up a majority share, uh, that usually means you're giving up control of everything, right? Uh, but here, apparently, you know, Mark's been able to you know have his cake and eat it too where he he's getting getting some money and he's also getting still to do the thing that he really loves doing which is being around the NBA and being around his team and trying to make his team better. Does that mitigate any of your potential feelings of sadness then? Because like you said, usually that does mean see on down the road, but it won't in this case. It's uh yeah, I mean it's it's it doesn't appear as if he's going anywhere, right? It appears he's still going to do what he's done. So, I, I, you know, for all of the hubbub and understandable hubbub over the last, you know, 18 hours or so, I mean, I really, in, in the end, how much will really have changed? I don't know the answer to that. The, uh, the, after last night, uh, there was the moment with uh, our friend Tim McMahon and Jason Kidd. Do you have a top three positive stories for the Mavs right now? <laughs> yeah, Luca. Yeah. Kyrie. And the fact that they're 11 and six, which I don't think a lot of people thought they'd be right now. So there you go. Three big stories. Uh, Chuck, I'm going to bring up another one for you. And Derek Lively has Mm. been tremendous. And obviously he had to miss the game against the Clippers last night. Uh, He had another solid game. Are you surprised on how well he's played at 19 years old as a starting center in the NBA? Stunned. I don't, and I don't, and I think they're stunned. I don't think no, no one was calling this shot on draft night. I mean, they were hoping that ultimately, somewhere down the road, that they had found an answer to a longstanding problem. 
but the fact that Lively, from the moment he got to Summer League, each game he got better and then apparently made that huge jump uh, between the end of Summer League and when the guys started coming back after Labor Day to where he could hang with the big boys and be a difference maker. Um, I think it's remarkable. It's a fantastic story. It's a, a major positive development for the Mavericks, who I, I think everybody uh, felt like on draft night did really, really well. Uh, but they all thought that Omax Prosper was going to be the guy that would be able to be uh, slipped in to the regular rotation, uh, having been farther along uh, in his time, you know, a couple, three years in college, one at Clemson, two at Marquette. Um, but uh, it, it, it didn't work out that way. And frankly, given I know the, the need to protect the rim, that uh, it's pretty important that Lively's been able to do what he's done. Now, uh, he, he had a rough go of it last night with uh, Alper and Shengun, and it just it makes you understand, too, here's Shengun in his third year, and he was, you know, he's been pretty good his first two years, and he's got you know, that creative European game to him. But it just makes you wonder what Lively would be like, will be like two years from now when he really understands everything that's going on around him in the NBA. I love what you're saying, Chuck, about Sengun. I kind of mentioned him yesterday before the game on how much he's improved and what he's doing. And I look at the Western Conference, Chuck, and I look at Wimbenyamba and Chet Holmgren and Sengun, and then you obviously you still have Jokic and Anthony Davis and Sabonis. The Western Conference is kind of loaded with big guys now, so that is something that Lively is going to help out with, but the Mavs probably need to look into, hey, we need to also help him because I'm just I'm throwing out my opinion here is 82 games is a lot for a 19-year-old in a competitive situation where you're trying to not only make the playoffs but make playoff noise. I'd agree with that. I think that's a fair statement to make, and I think that uh, you know we're just about to enter trade season. No, really after December 15th, when a lot of uh, the summer deals become guaranteed, you know, that's when teams really start to get serious about it. Uh, but most of the time that action doesn't take place until a lot closer to the deadline and teams get a little more desperate. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, if, if the Mavericks look to supplement Lively with uh, either another center because I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, if Rashawn Holmes uh, or Dwight Powell or even when Maxi Kleber returns, if, if they're long-term answers, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, or, you know, just a, a more bruising power forward sort that can, uh, you know, that can, you know, a bigger version of Grant Williams, if you will. No, okay, Jeff Green. Right, Jeff Green looks great for the Rockets. I mean, he's playing fantastic. He's 36 years old. He's still, you know, giving them really, really good minutes. Jeff Green would look really good with Mavericks right now. That type of player, I would think, would be the type of player that uh, they'd be interested in trying to get their hands on somewhere around the deadline. Because you don't necessarily want to look at an offensive-minded player who can stack up rebounds but is maybe not great defensively like Vooch is my interpretation of the situation. And I think that's fair, too. They, they, their defense is not good enough right now, although their defense has shown signs of life. Uh, you know, the last uh, the, the game against the Lakers, they, they played really well for three quarters defensively in that game, played really well defensively against the Clippers. I mean, they just had a horrific offensive game that did, the Clippers were asking to get beat Saturday night. And the Mavericks just weren't good enough to win that game because they couldn't make a shot. 
And then, you know, last night, I know the Rockets wound up shooting 50% for the game, but I, I thought the Mavericks defense was actually you know, pretty good for a lot of the game. And I, I think they're making uh, some strides in that area. I think it's, it's been probably their best week of the season when it comes to that. And hopefully that is something that will continue. All right, Chuck, so this is for my ninth grader, Jake, who his favorite player on the Mavs right now is Jaden Hardy. And he asked me, Dad, why doesn't Jaden Hardy play more? And so now I'm going to play Chuck Cooperstein's answer to my boy Jake. on pressure. I, I do think it's tough for him to get minutes with Kyrie and Luka when they're both healthy. So I'd love for you to uh, tell Jake right now how Jaden Hardy can get more minutes or if he is going to get more minutes as the season progresses. It's hard for Jaden Hardy to get minutes when Luka and Kyrie are playing as many minutes as they're playing. I, tr- I was hoping for the laugh there because I was no, I was no, trying to say no. exactly what you said. <laughs> no, I'm very di- I'm you, very disappointed. You said real facts. Chuck, that is correct. That's what I pretty much told him. But I was like, maybe Chuck has a different answer. Maybe maybe he sees Jaden playing later in the year. I don't know. I think it's tough for him to get on the court right now. It, it's tough for him to get on the court, and he and when he does get on the court, he's pressing. Yeah, you know he's he's trying he's he's forcing so much on offense, trying to score, trying to be that automatic bucket, you know that he was late last year. But it's but it's hard. Look, you know they also have Seth Curry. They can't get Seth Curry on the floor. Yeah, you know because uh, you know the Dante Exum, uh, you know does more, frankly, of what they need in the non Luca Kyrie minutes because he, because he can ha- he can handle it he can pass it he he really pushes it hard and he's and he's better defensively and uh, you know and on one hand uh, you know it's 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 tough for a second year guy that we you know we we saw last year make some pretty significant strides as the year went on uh, but at the end you know if you look at the number of wings they have you know at that particular size I mean, there's real competition there for minutes. And again, when you have guys like Luke and Kyrie are going to play, you know, 36 to 38 minutes a game, where are the other minutes coming from? Well, and, and I'm curious then, different positions, different skill sets, but sometimes we lump all young players together, even though they're also in different years. What have you thought about the play of Josh Green thus far? Because obviously with the contract and everything, they seem to have a good amount of faith in him. It's been very inconsistent. Yep. You know, it's uh, it, it, you look at the, the game like the Laker game, and you're saying, "Yep, that's that's the guy. That's the guy." You know, we we know he can be, but the, that game comes right now about once every four games. But I do think Jason Kidd made a pretty good point last night uh, when he was talking with the media in the pregame when he was saying, "You know, with Josh, it's not always about points." With him, it's about him guarding, and it's about him, you know, providing energy, winning 50-50 balls, and those types of things. Uh, when he has, when he has not played well this year, uh, he's he's lost some of those battles that last year, like he never lost. He never lost a contested ball that was out on the floor. It was it was almost uncanny how easily he would win those. Uh, but that hasn't happened for him this year. And I did. And, and the fact that shots haven't gone in, you know, I think he's probably, he's pressing. I mean, he's definitely pressing, but they definitely need him. They, they need his size and they need his athleticism and, you know, they need his energy uh, because they want to, they want to play fast and they want to get the ball up the floor. And they've shown they can do that. And especially when you have a guy like Josh filling the lanes the way he can, uh, that's it's it's really important for him to be able to um, to, to be able to contribute to this team. You know, in in, in those non box score ways. 
Chuck, is Minnesota this good? Well, Mike, did you watch the first quarter, first quarter plus of the two games in Abu Dhabi when the regulars were playing? I'm going to Mavericks in Minnesota. I, were playing. I don't believe I did watch one of them because Corey was making fun of me for critiquing it so much. <laughs> yeah, I well, was kind of getting after him a little bit. Yes, it was early, but yes, Minnesota was totally dominant against the Mavericks in those in those minutes when the real players were playing. Mm-hmm. And I I think they've got a, they're they're top heavy now. It's like like a lot of teams are, uh, but. You know, Gobert looks like he's back to being Gobert, which means he's an absolute terror defensively. And they've got fabulous length on the wings, you know, to where they, they can pretty much guard anyone. Jay, you know, uh, Jaden McDaniels is is a sensational defender. Now, he's hurt. Uh, so that's going to hurt them for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and they needed somebody who could really steady the ship. And Mike Conley is the perfect point guard for them. Um, and I think Chris Finch is a really creative offensive coach, and, he's, and he does have a, a bucket getter in Edwards. I, I really like their team a lot. And, you know, again, you know, how that translates to April and May, I don't know the answer to that right now. But uh, the fact that they're guarding the way they're guarding is, uh, is something that should be of great concern to everybody in the Western Conference. With the team playing so much better, do you think this is going to be the season in which Anthony Edwards, I mean, he's a number one pick. Everybody knows who he is, but, like, truly breaks through to that next level of NBA player? I don't know. Uh, you know, he, I mean, he clearly is a go-to guy for them late in the game, but he's, you know, he's still a, not a particularly efficient shooter, not a great three-point shooter, but he plays with an incredible amount of confidence, almost irrational confidence for, for <laughs> someone that, for someone that's not <laughs> Seth Curry, right? Or, or for that matter, even Lu, uh, uh, Steph Curry, or for that matter, even, you know, Luca or somebody like that. But he's really good. And, and I do think they take a page from him. Um, but is, is he – I mean, you look at the, the number of guards in this league, and there are only six guards that could be named to, to the All-NBA teams. Is he one of the top six plays, one of the top six guards in the league? I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of guards out there right now. So last night, Dirk was on the television broadcast, Coop, and I know obviously you're on the radio broadcast, so you're not hearing him. But when Luca made the hook shot, he says that Luca can make so many, he called them garbage shots. He's so good at making uh, those shots that really you're like, come on, did you really make that? What has been this year your favorite Luca garbage shot? Oh, the one against Brooklyn. That crazy. One against Brooklyn, that that, that crazy three pointer <laughs> against the clock with nowhere to go, off the glass, what, 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 off the glass, and whatever. I mean, it, without, without question, and especially because it happened when it happened, you know, so late in the game, it yeah. basically put the game away. Um, but uh, but this one was pretty good, <laughs> and you know, all, off of a block shot, no less, and the, you know, didn't even, and and he, I don't think he realized that. Um, uh, you know that he he did still have time on the clock. He didn't have to rush that shot, and yet he did it. But it's what he does, and you know people can laugh at this all the time. But he really does practice all this nonsense, and it looks like nonsense until it's not nonsense. Until it actually matters, and somehow the ball goes in the basket. I know that you get to call a lot of games, and obviously you're doing Maverick games, so you get to call the Mavericks all the time. But is he the most fun guy? 
to call radio broadcast like crazy shots from? Is there a visiting player that you're just like just surprises me all the time with some of the crazy stuff he does? I love Curry. I love watching Curry and just love watching how he gets his shots, how he's in perpetual motion uh, and where, where you think you have him guarded and you don't have him guarded. Now, I, I don't know that he is as creative as Luca. You know, if they're playing horse and, and we're talking about different trick shots or whatever, I think Luca would beat him. But, you know, just the fact that the moment – Curry crosses the midcourt line, there is just abject fear that he's going to fire it and make it, and you're just left with, how did he do that? Um, and I you know basically, ever since he's been in the league, but especially since you know this run for the Warriors really started back in 2015, uh, you know, to, me, to me, he's the most fun, and especially when the games are uh, in uh, at Golden State because their crowd just goes completely nuts every time he touches the ball. And the, the crazier shot he makes, the deeper one that he makes, the louder they get, and it just makes for an incredible atmosphere and just an incredible vibe when you're doing the game. This is unrelated to any of the news of yesterday, but do you think it would be really convenient if you could go to a place in the Metroplex where you could watch a basketball game live and in person and also gamble? Do you think that would be a neat thing to have? Well, I'm not a gambler. I could care le- I could not care less. Mm-hmm. The, gambling, the gambling means absolutely nothing to me, never has, uh, regardless of sport. Because you know what? They don't give Lombardi trophies or Larry O'Brien trophies for your record against the spread. <laughs> That's a good point. It, 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 it really, it just doesn't matter. So it, 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 all, of this, uh, all of this that's gone on, um, you know, over the last couple of years, it means nothing to me. I mean, I, I could not care less, if the, you know, if, if, if the Cowboys, if they're favored by 11, if they win by, if they win by 11 or they win by 30 or they win by one doesn't matter to me they won because in the end that's all that counts well coop i know this is a little bit off topic i know how big of a college football fan you are who is going to be in the final four after these conference games are over georgia michigan oregon i think oregon's going to beat well i think oregon's going to beat washington Mm. And I think Texas will get in as a result of that wow. because I do think I think Florida State's going to lose, and I, I think that justice is going to prevail here uh, for for the Big Twelve in in a way that it did not prevail for either TCU or Baylor back in 2014. But right now, those are the four best teams in the country, <laughs> and and if this is about in in their lingo the best teams in the country, those are the four best teams in the country right now. If they went ahead and put Ohio State back in there, would you just kind of roll your eyes like I would? Of course. I mean, you know, it happened for Ohio State. It happened for Alabama. It happened for Nebraska back in the day. At the very least, you need to be playing for your conference championship. At the very least. You know, however your conference defines winning a conference championship. You know, if, you, if they didn't have a regular season, I mean, if they didn't have a conference championship game and, uh, and Ohio State was 11-1, and well, maybe, maybe we can revisit that now. But the fact is that they do have a championship game and, they, and you know, they're not in it and they're not a part of it. So, no, they're out. They're absolutely out. All right. Excellent insight right there. I you got a lot of listeners that definitely hope you're right about that. Appreciate your insight on all things sport today. 
Thanks for having me, boys. That's Take fun. care. I love talking to Chuck. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.